This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. Listeners, we are dealing with church hurt and especially about being hurt by your church leaders. And so today, we're going to continue our conversation that we've had in two previous podcasts. The question for today, Michael, is if my pastor just won't change, now what? What's next? What do I do? Because I've been offended by my or hurt by my church leader. I have addressed it in a biblical manner. I have talked with my church leader, my pastor, and now there's still no positive movement for reconciliation. What now? Mm. So this is loaded. And here's a hard reality. I've known a number of pastors who are not okay, and they ended up losing their jobs. Yeah, I've also known a number of pastors who lost their jobs, and they're just fine. It's just what the Lord wanted. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yes. We can both think of a, a handful of circumstances of men in our life who were disqualified from ministry. Yep. And they're disqualified because, um, again, they're humans, mm-hmm. and uh, there may be some parts of their heart that were left unattended. Sometimes in their family, um, their spouse might cheat on them, yep. and uh, their marriage is broken. Um, sometimes there are familial issues that— you know, they maybe have tended their heart, but there are things out of their control that that make them unfit for the authority and the position that they're in. And, and there's a standard that Scripture lays out. And so we want to be really clear, like, this is real. And I, I think I want to just build maybe a couple categories of encouragement. Number one, Mike Boyle in his message on February 25th re- really went after this point that I loved, that uh, when our leaders hurt us, um, we have a shepherd, Jesus Christ, who is our ultimate pastor, who cares for our soul, who tends yeah. to us, who gives us the Holy Spirit and mm-hmm. builds us up and encourages us. And um, I, th- I think what's really important is to know this. Your pastors are in a very flawed way representing Christ, just like a husband does totally to his agree. wife and family and kids, you know, but very flawed. But he's, he's not the pinnacle. Uh, <laughs> he's not perfect. Right. He's not the end all, right? And so when my pastors fail me, um, I have Jesus, yeah, who never fails me, and that that can never be a cliche when we're wounded. It has to be very real. That that would be mm-hmm. like one like one major thing here. Number two is it's hard when you go through this because he, here's what, and, I, and I've known people have gone through this. My pastor, I believe, has sinned against me. I brought in another person to kind of mediate this, and right. it didn't go well. Mm-hmm. He's got some major defensiveness, sin issues, whatever it is. Yeah. And the next step is to bring it to the elders. Mm-hmm. And here's the deal. I'm thinking of a couple scenarios. I know that if I bring it to the elders, he'll freak out because oh, he'll be yeah. embarrassed. Yeah. He'll be angry. He'll lash out against me. He'll slander me when mm-hmm. I'm not there and tell a whole other side of the story that nobody else can justify. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh my gosh, I also know the elders and they are not dumb men. Mm-hmm. They might even know this is an issue and they might pre- press this to the to to church discipline. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What if I'm the reason our pastor is disqualified and gone? I don't want to be that, you know? And there is a burden on the elders to protect that person, that sheep who is wounded by the shepherd. And uh, that's a really hard circumstance. And so I I think just to like empathize in this, like um, what if my pastor won't change? 
Nobody wants to be in this situation. Nobody wants to be hurt or wounded by authority, but we have a responsibility when our authorities are not living up to the standard that God lays out. And let me stop you here and just let our listeners know, you've already shared some of your stories of having to deal with this. I've had to do this as an associate pastor. I think you were in a a similar position Mm -hmm. to take a situation before the elders and say, hey, this is not good. The the leader, the pastor needs to change or needs to repent, needs to make some adjustments. It's such a burden on us. Yeah, the person doing that. You and I feel this. I mean, we have, we're not talking from a theoretical position. We're talking from, no, we've lived this too. We know what this feels like and it's not a pleasant thing. And I appreciate what you said. The burden that is put on the shoulders or the weight of realizing if I take this accusation to that third tier of now I'm going to take it before the elders, my pastor may lose their job. They may be disqualified from ministry. Do I really want to do that? In Scripture, 1 Timothy chapter 3, and it says, Therefore, an overseer or pastor must be above reproach, the husband of one wife. And here's some descriptions of the (laughs) character of the overseer, of the pastor, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, gentle, not quarrelsome, Mm. not a lover of money, must manage his own household well with all dignity. The character, responsibility, and qualifications of a pastor, of an overseer, is there. Yeah, there's a big overarching word there, which is above reproach, which means above accusation. Yeah. And, and again, it doesn't mean that everything has to be perfect, but but it does mean that you have to be above accusation. Yeah, and we're in a day and time, we live in a, a season where accusations can be made. And what Paul is talking about mm-hmm. here, an accusation that is founded. Yeah, it's got to be founded based on two or three witnesses. And and where there's smoke, there's fire, usually. 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 And sometimes yeah. there are malicious wolves who come yep, in right. and they will bring forth false accusations. And mm-hmm. that's where the elders have to be very on the ball. Like here's right. here's what our elders at Village Church, if they don't get this, they're gonna they're gonna fail miserably, right? And that is they are not to be loyal to me. Yeah. They are to be loyal to Jesus Christ and his word and yes. the church. Yeah. The moment a pastor demands loyalty. Everything is toast. Oh, yeah. And things are going to go wild, uh, wildly crazy at that point. That is really significant because here's what that means. It means that when, if I do something wrong, sinful, and it's to the point where it's coming before them, uh, their last concern is, oh, if Michael goes, well, then what are we going to do on Sunday mornings? And yeah. what, you know what I mean? Like, that's not their concern. No, it should the not Lord be The Lord will take care of that. And if, yeah. we've, if we've discipled our people well, if I do something dumb, the vast majority of them, our members at least, won't just run off. No. Right? Because we're a family. Uh, we transcend the position, mm-hmm. you know, and we have to. But this is legit challenging because nobody wants to be the one that pushes it. Yeah. I think the place where the devil twists scripture do you really want to create disunity in the church? Uh, yeah. I want unity with mm-hmm. integrity. Yeah, there's got to be an integrity and a righteousness for God to bless. There has to be a desire to fulfill Scripture, to stay loyal and righteous towards God. Yep, have to. And the best way to have unity is sometimes to protect the church from a leader who is in a place where mm-hmm. maybe they need to be confronted. Oh, yeah. 
Again, the hope, and if you're new to this, you got to listen to the last two episodes because we talked about before you even get to this place where you are talking with the pastor who's belligerent, the hope and the vast majority of pastors that I know are going to respond really well. Yes. Um, if agreed. not the first time, then by the second by time, the second they're going to be okay. And it's worth it. It's worth it pursuing is. this and getting this out. But don't buy the lie that to biblically and respectfully and humbly take a third party into the circumstance, and then to bring that to the elders if there's no repentance is disunity or disunifying. It's not not disunity. Not disunity at all. In fact, what you may be sparing the church from is a lot more worse things later. It's sort of like— Absolutely correct. I I hate this analogy, but uh, you think of Larry Nassar, the the coach to the women's gymnastics team Mm -hmm. out of Michigan State, right? You know, there's this fear. Like, imagine being the first girl, the second girl, the third girl, whatever. And um, and he was a master at manipulating and creating fear and all this right. kind of stuff and truly exploited in ways that are pathetic. But the fear of each one of them is different. But to some level, a lot of them had this fear of, well, I don't want to be the one to ruin everything. Right. And, 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 but the challenge in that is if you don't, then you're setting up a context for other people. For other people to be hurt. Right. Because um, maybe, and and, and I, I don't know, I'm not in your circumstance, whoever you are, maybe your pastor's just on the very front lines of a bad trajectory, and you might be the first. You might be the first to say that, that anger or that um, manipulation or whatever it is, you know what right. I mean? And you just might be God's gift to them to rein them in, mm-hmm. you know? Maybe you're not. Maybe you're like number 58, and yeah. if you don't do something— then there's going to be a lot more people who are wounded in the wake. Now, you and me are probably setting ourselves up right now for a <laughs> lot of really difficult conversations. But we we have to position ourselves for that. And, you know, when I asked Mike Boyle to preach this message, uh, it, it was not on our preaching calendar. And I was just listening, and I'm, like, hearing all this feedback from all these different places about all these church wounds. Um, in fact, people—it's uh, amazing to me that people who— um, left the church 20, 30 years ago, you almost hear all the time like, oh, but I went to a church one time, you know, and yeah. and uh, it's just all over the place. And, mm-hmm. and and I'm like, you know, we got to deal with this because it's, I mean, we've dealt with it in the pulpit in different ways, but we kind of got to go at it directly Yeah, and um, give people some And I think our people resources. really appreciated that. I do too. I just, I look, because I wasn't able to be there on Sunday. I just um, literally mm-hmm. was able to listen to the whole message. And I was like, thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. I appreciate your heart, your experience, Mm -hmm. your ability to help people take even that next step, to point people to Christ and to let them know that like you do have a chief shepherd who will never let you down, who is, who's really good. And, um, I just appreciate all that. So again, if you're listening, you, you didn't get a chance to hear the catalytic sermon for this, that would be, um, February 25th, 2018, Mm -hmm. how to overcome church wounds um, from Dr. Mike Boyle. So go check that one out. So basically what we're saying is if my pastor just won't change, then we do need, we have a responsibility, not not a joy, but a responsibility to take this before the elders. Yep, we do. And yeah, so I, the next two questions, I'm excited about them. Yeah. One is my church community abandoned me when I was hurting. What mm-hmm. should I do? Very different yeah. category. Yeah, now of we're moving in a different category. Yep. And uh, here's another big one. Um, is it okay to leave my church if I don't trust my leaders? Oh, yeah. Uh, that's something many of our, our people, people in our church have gone through. Yeah. And here's one, which I just think is really, it's, it's uh, almost so broad and it's so specific. Why do so many people have wound stories from churches? Hmm. Yeah. I'm excited to deal with that. <laughs> I think. Well, <laughs> listeners, we hope we have been helpful and we pray for you if you're dealing with this in your own church. Please come back next time when we tackle some more questions. Mm-hmm.